Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Jen A. from Colorado and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 19th, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And today we're reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter titled We Agnostics. We're on page number 56 on that second paragraph. It begins with, one night while confined to a hospital, and it ends with, who are you to say there is no God? All right. Well, here's our Team Thursday crew. We got, uh, let's see, 12 Steps, Christina J, 12 Traditions, Nancy R. We have Vanita, Riva, and Katie as the readers. Um, and our newcomer greeter this morning is Ann A, and second hour moderator is Matt J.F. The reference numbers for yesterday, Wednesday, January 18th, 2023 are the following. The 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording is 19,862, 19862. The 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording is 19,863, 19863. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. And we take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry this message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose here, the transition stage, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message of the leader who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Christina J. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of North Carolina. The 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except to do so would injure them or... except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readers and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. I will now ask Nancy R. to read the 12 Traditions. 
Thank you. Thank you so much, Janae. Good morning, everyone. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policies based on attraction rather than promotion, we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you so much. Grateful to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Christina, Jay, and Nancy R. for stepping up to read today. This is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're going to read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read, and anyone can share. But we do ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirements for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what we are reading. We share on the, what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you're going to press star one to unmute your phone. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. All right, well, here we go. Today we're resuming our study in the chapter, We Agnostics. We're in the big book on page number 56. Um, we're on that second paragraph, and Vanita L. is going to begin reading and start us off this morning. Good morning, Vanita. Good morning, everyone. Vanita L. from Georgia, recovered compulsive overeater in Georgia, but not cured. One night, when confined in a hospital, he was approached by an alcoholic who had known a spiritual experience. Our friend's gorge rose as he bitterly cried out, If there is a God, he certainly hasn't done anything for me. But later, alone in his room, he asked himself this question, Is it possible that all the religious people I have known are wrong? While pondering the answer, he felt as though he lived in hell. 
Then, like a thunderbolt, a great thought came. It crowded out all else. Who are you to say there is no God? So we, we know this man was a minister's son, and he had been exposed to a lot of religion. And I see in the world now, and especially in 12 Steps, people having to make the distinction between um, religion and spirituality, and that making that distinction can be huge. Because I grew up, I wasn't a minister's son, but I grew up in a fanatically religious home. And part of me loved the rituals and um, it all. But when I got older, I noticed, you know, my family didn't live those principles. My parents had a lot of trauma from the past, lots of hurts from the past. Um, histories of addictions in their families, broken marriages. And so there was tremendous pain that was taken out on myself and my sisters. And so I realized there was no power in that religion for my personal experience. And even though I always had a God and believed in God, but divorced myself from that religion, um, it really wasn't till 12 steps that I had a religion that sorry, a spirituality that worked for me. And um, it had the power to help me to start healing and start forgiving my parents and to curb my addictions. And um, the last one, well, I don't know. I keep finding more, but um, it, it, it took me till I was 50, actually, to get in a food program. And I realized there was power there. I walked into a room and a woman who had been like 320 pounds came up to me and was like, Vanita, hey, you know, and I didn't even recognize her at all. And she told me her name and she weighed like she was a totally normal weight and gorgeous. And I knew there was power there. So, um, yeah, gorge means to be sickened and disgusted. And then, um, you know, Obviously, this man's higher power knew he could use the word God with him. You know, in that question, who are you to say there is no God, right? It um, it automatically made him right-sized and reduced his ego. And obviously, his alcoholism had done a good job of destroying his ego. So he was open to connecting to something real inside of him that worked for him. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Benita L., for starting us off this morning. We do value everybody's experience that's on the line this morning. We ask that you limit your share to every third day. That way others have the ability to share their experience, strength, and hope also. And so if you give me your first name, the first initial of your last name, one at a time, um, who would like to share? I'm a from Pennsylvania. Somebody from Pennsylvania, can you, oops, hold on just a second. Who is from Pennsylvania? Pamela P. Liz B. UK. Christina J. Harlan. Okay, I heard a Mary in there. Mary S. Christina J. I heard a Mary in there. Was there a Mary? Yes, Mary Lou. Liz B. UK. And Reva I got you, Liz. I got it. Mike Alice. W-U-K. Okay. Let me tell you who I heard. There's a lot of names. 
Um, so I was just listening intently. It's the best of my ability. This is who I have. I have Pam, Pamela P, Liz E, Harlan G, Mary Lou, Alice, and then Mike. So we'll start with that group of people. If you'll press star one to mute your phone again, we'll have a quiet meeting, and we'll get started with Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Go right ahead, my dear. What page, please? Um, we're on page 56 of the big book, second paragraph. Yes, hello. I got, hi, my name is Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Um, so God bless everybody. So when I got from the paragraph, um, I always believe in God. Um, but when I was little, my mother didn't um, took me to church because when she had my oldest sister at uh, 16, the church, like, canceled her out, and my grandfather was a deacon, and it just was a bavishment to the family. He got pregnant, and that, you know, that didn't sit well. So she always believed in God, but the church itself, she didn't want nothing to do with it. And I always would, I would love church. I used to watch it on TV, and it seemed like the uh, pastor I used to watch, he was so compassionate and open, and, and he described who this guy is. So I love God at a very young age. Uh, when I got the disease, or before I got the disease, when I was in the adult industry, when I was in child porn, or that stuff, I just feel this love of God that always was dear for me. And so when I got into OA, um, I just didn't want to bother God about not eating too much or not vomiting too much, whatever. Then I found out that God won't be a part of every day in my life. So now in my present life, not in the industry, with a man who truly loves me and God used him to get me out of the industry, I just feel blessed. Um, right now, I am relapsed, and I'm struggling to death. So I'm not giving up on the miracle. I know the same God that helped me then could help me now. And I thank God for my amazing sponsor and the fellowship. And I just keep coming back. It's a struggle. It's just the three food or three continent of food that is so strong, but nothing stronger than God. And I know he created the program, the spiritual program. So I thank God for vision for you. I thank God for my original OA family, my sponsor. And you keep coming back. You never give up. And God loves us the way we are, even now. Even when I'm in the adult industry, he still loves me. He don't want better for me. And the same thing about the disease. He still loves me and relapse, and he wants me to reach recovery. So thank you to let me say my voice today. I pass. I muted myself. There we go. I was talking to myself and having my own meeting there. Thank you, Pamela P. from Pennsylvania. Up next, we have um, Liz E. from the U.K. Good morning, Liz. Good morning. My name is Liz E., and I'm in Bristol in the southwest of England. Thank you, Jen, and everybody else doing service here today. Um What's this paragraph saying to me? Well, I just want to encourage anybody who's never shared on this line before to share. I'm not sure what I'm going to say. I've asked God and higher power to film, give me some words. Um, just do it. Um, and um, for me, 
I didn't, my experience of uh, coming to believe a power greater than myself and God and have faith has not been of the thunderbolt experience, I need to say. But I have had this experience that a great thought came to me and crowded out all else. Who are you to say there is no God? I am definitely in that place today. And I am definitely experiencing God working in my life. But only, I only, only experience that when I work my program and um, I allow God to come in. This is not a thinking program. This is a heart program for me. I have to have to open my heart and I have to let my heart in. And no amount of education or rational thinking or logic thinking helps me. And God is showing me again and again, the act of surrender is what I need to do today. I need to give everything to God, not 85%, 100% of my life. And it is working, but I'm a bit of a slow learner. And... Um, I take self-will back. In the last few days, I've taken quite a lot of self-will back. And today, I've just had to cancel a ton of stuff to ground myself back in my program. Because it is only today that I have recovery and that I'm a recovered compulsive overeater today. Thanks a million, everybody, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Liz E. from the UK, Bristol to be exact. Up next, we have Harlan G., followed by Mary Lou. Good morning, Harlan. Thanks. Morning, Jen. If you could be so kind as to time me, because I'm not home, I'm out walking. I'm Harlan G., and thanks for your service, Jen. I'm Harlan G., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona. We're talking about Fitz Mayo. Fitz Mayo was in the town's hospital for alcoholism, when a man by the name of Silas Bent, who was a very early member of AA, that's a name you don't hear too often, Silas Bent and Fitz Mayo, they got together, excuse me, and Silas explained to Fitz the problem and the solution. And the problem was reiterated to Fitz by Dr. Silkworth. He recovered. He wanted a very Christian book, very Christian in nature, and uh, Bill had to compromise different things. And Fitz's very good friend was Jimmy Burwell, who was an atheist, who didn't want any mention of God in here at all, really. But when the, we read the line, who am I who are to say there is no God? I'm reminded of something that is very, very special today, being January the 19th. This is the 63rd anniversary of the very first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous that ever took place in Los Angeles, California, on this date, January 19, 1960. Recently, I had the pleasure of attending with 855 of my dear friends a convention in Los Angeles celebrating that birthday. And on Friday evening, excuse me, I was having a conversation with two other gentlemen in the main ballroom of that hotel. 
and between the three people that were standing there talking, there was a total weight loss of approximately 1,000 pounds. To look at the crowd of people, some in recovery, some not, you cannot help but be awestruck by the power of God. That Overeaters Anonymous itself has survived for 63 years amidst controversy, amidst quarreling, amidst all kinds of, of situations from within its own borders, from within itself. is a miracle in and of itself. The miracle of recovery is alive and well. And for 63 years, it has flourished. And it flourishes in each and every one of us today. Each and every one of us on this line is a living miracle and a tribute to the service done by a housewife in Los Angeles named Roseanne Scholar, who watched a show in Los Angeles about Gamblers Anonymous, inquired whether or not this would work for food, was told it probably would, and had the guts to start this organization. And we are grateful to her today, and the sun will never set on the service that Roseanne did 63 years ago today. With that, I'll pass, Jen. Thank you. Absolutely, Harlan. Thank you. 63 years. Wow. Thank you. Up next, we have Mary Lou, followed by Alice. Mary Lou, would you give me the first initial of your last name, please? Mary Lou, press star one. I can't hear you. Hi, Jen. Can can you hear me now? Absolutely. Go right ahead. What state are you oh, calling good, from? Good. Thank you. Mary Lou G. from Massachusetts. And thank you for your service, Jen, and everybody on the line today. I'm so grateful to be here and so grateful to be on this meeting with all of you. Um, I'm one of those reluctant speakers. Um, I'm not sure what my my fear is about uh, speaking on this meeting, um, but I did make a commitment to my sponsor that I would uh, use my voice on this meeting at least one time during the month of January. So here I am and uh, happy to be here and um, want to use my voice to just um, uh, acknowledge this page and um, say that many, many uh, years ago, um, I was doing a, a, my fourth step with a sponsor, and um, I, I struggled with God, the whole idea of God, um, after certain upbringing. And, um, and she asked me before we began the, my fifth step with her um, if I would pray with her. And I said, no, I, I don't pray. And she said, I said, I don't believe. And she said, she said to me in these words are with me since the 1980s, she said, well, can you believe that I believe? And then she said, can we start there? And then the strangest thing happened. Um, the both of us got down on our knees in front of the couch in her living room while she prayed the Lord's Prayer. And something happened to me that opened up inside of me. And I had so much respect for this woman, the fact that she believed opened a door for me to begin my own my own journey of faith 
And, um, you know, that journey has continued for many, many years. I've been in and out of OA for many years, but I've been back now since um, about five years now and on visions for several years. And um, I thank all of the people on the meeting that say, you know, speak up, speak up. (laughs) And um, here I am today. I want to be more part of this group and I'd like to use my voice more often. So thank you for listening. Thank you for service. Thanks for letting me step out in fear and, um, and um, um, just um, use my voice. Thanks so much. Pass. That's awesome. Mary Lou D from Massachusetts. You can find her on the member list. You stepped out the door with a heart full of courage for me today. I appreciate you. Alice, you're up next, followed by Mike. If you could give me the first initial of your last name and where you're calling from. Hi, it's um, Alice W. from the UK. Is that, can you hear me? All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go right ahead, Great. my friend. I'm, I'm new to sharing on Vision for you, so I just don't get a bit nervous, sorry. Um, that's just a wonderful paragraph. And um, when it said, you know, about God hasn't done anything for me, and I, I just... Uh, you know, you say, oh, so many bad things happen in the world, and um, you know, is that God? And and um, and I remember it's, my sponsor actually said to me, um, you know, look at the whole forest than the what I perceive as the ugliness of a few trees. Um, you know, are they all wrong? Well, there's too much evidence. There's way too much evidence for me to be arrogant enough to say which I have been massively arrogant enough to say that it's all wrong, it's all a load of of nonsense. And the way I look at it also is that, you know, I always like to think I'm very special and different. (laughs) And and I'm not because God has done for me what he or she has done for others. And what I look at is who am I without God? Well, without God... Um, it was a train wreck. Um, my behavior is a train wreck. Um, I have terrible temper. I have terrible defects. Um, jealousy. I have all sorts of things. And with God, when I really, and I really have to kind of jump off the cliff with this and really have faith. I have trust issues, so I found it quite hard. But with God, my, my character has been transformed. I mean, you know, I'm working progress. And I'm when I say work in progress, I mean, there's billions of defects and things that I've got going on. But um when I look back, you know, and what I've, um, what my high power has done for me in the last 104 days um, is a miracle. And I can't take any credit for that other than showing up. And, you know, the whole thing is with believing in God. You know, I can have lots of frothy emotional appeal. Like, I'm desperate. I believe in God. and But God only comes through with my own actions. Um, and so I have to kind of show up. And that's the bit that I can do you know, really showing up, um, you know, I, I'm an addict, I don't, I don't like discomfort and trickiness, um, and I want it removed immediately, and in the past, if God hasn't done it immediately, <laughs> then I'm like, oh, there's no God, but the thing is, everything happens in its right timing, it really does, and it's always when I look back that I can see where God is, has worked in my life, and it's all been pretty, pretty, you know, tight, it's been very, like, amazing, you know, uh, where I've had to learn things at certain points, and I was not ready when I thought I was. Um, but for me, it's really, uh, the biggest one for me is is the action, it's the spiritual d- discipline, it's plugging in and ringing the phone of higher power, and that's doing all, all the stuff 
the steps. Uh, it's God coming through in the steps, all of the steps. Um, that's where, you know, I can see it because I, I would like to see stuff that's tangible and also writing out like, oh, what's changed, you know, because I can be so ungrateful and just think, oh, oh, right, thanks. Yeah, but what's the next problem? And actually, when I see what's changed for me, I mean, it's incredible. So I have to really like write that down as well. So um, I'll leave it there. But um, Time, please. I don't know if I've done. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs> oh. Alice W. from the U.K., thanks for stepping up and sharing today. Great to hear new voices. Up next, we have Mike. And, Mike, before you give me the first initial of your last name and where you're calling from, let me just welcome those who joined us on the line this morning. We're currently in the chapter of We Agnostics. We're glad you're here with us. We're reading in the big book on page 56, uh, beginning with the paragraph. It's the second one. One night while confined to a hospital, and it ends with, who are you to say there is no God? So, Mike, go right ahead. Thanks very much. Uh, Mike S. from Brighton, UK. UK representing, I can hear, this morning. Well, yeah. morning for some of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, afternoon for me. Yeah, hi, everyone. Um, who am I to say there is no God? That that phrase really just, it's just so powerful for me. Um, it, that idea asking myself that question um, makes such a difference in my life, has made such a difference in my life, being willing to honestly, uh, you know, ask myself and and see what I honestly feel the answer is to that. Because when I was, um, when I was in the food, when I was uh, in my other addictions as well, when I was acting out on compulsion and doing things compulsively, I did think that I had all the answers. Um, you know, I did think that it was possible for all these religious people I have known to be wrong and that I was right. That's exactly how my, um, you know, maybe in a more subtle way than that, but that's exactly how I feel my um, ego's self-righteous way of thinking um, allowed me to do whatever I wanted, really whatever I wanted to do in that moment, um, which didn't bring me joy and happiness and serenity and, you know, led me down the path to needing these steps and needing uh, a, a real relationship with my higher power to, to help me in my daily life to, you know, to keep me from not just from the food and not just from any, any compulsions, but, you know, to help me live a more fruitful life. And, um, and I really feel that, you know, that self-searching and that self-looking looking at my own ideas has been so important. You know, I'm just one little speck on this planet we call Earth. In You know, even when I just think about that, in all these millions of galaxies, and I'm the one with all the answers? How could that be so? It's just ridiculous when I break it down like that. But that's exactly, you know, how I led my life, how I lived my life. Um... And so it's just a real joy and a pleasure, really, to be able to, at times, <laughs> most of the time, have that awareness. Hang on a minute. And and actually, I find it really useful to, you know, to use this idea and to extend it to anything. You know, hang on a minute. Who am I to question? But do I really know what's going on for that person over there? It really helps me with my, you know, you know, as well as doing the specific step work as laid out in this book for things like step tens um 
but I do find that my resentments and my fears are less and less the more I can connect to this essential idea. Hang on a minute. Who am I to, you know, think that what's going on in my head is the most important thing here? Hang on a minute. And, you know, I find it such an important tool in a way to take me out of self. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just feel a lot of gratitude for that, really. So uh, I think that's a nice place to end with that. I pass. Thanks so much, my guest from Brighton in the UK. All right, well, here we go. We're going to get another list of names. We value everybody's experience, and we ask that you limit your share to every third day um, so that others can share their experience too. Go ahead and give me your first name, first initial of your last name one at a time, and we'll get started again. I think I heard Rick. Claire. Heidi B. New York. Dana. Phil M. Loretta A. And Heidi. Toby K. Okay, wow. Loretta H. But you guys are a good firing squad today. Okay, well, let's stop there. I have really already heard six people. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> okay, the, the, the squad I have for the second half here is Rick and Julie and Claire and Dana and Pete and Heidi, I believe that's it. So y'all will have to give me the additional information that I didn't get down um, when you get up. So Rick J, go right ahead, my friend. Good morning, Jen. Thanks so much for your service. It's good to be here. My name's Rick J. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. And uh, yeah, this this paragraph, it's uh, it's powerful. It's it's impactful. It hits me right between the eyes. Hits me in the gut. Hits me in the heart. Um, and it's a paradigm shift for me. You know, this this whole chapter was a, a a paradigm shift. Everything within me shifted. Everything. And you know, it's so funny that question. You know, is it possible that all the religious people I've known are wrong? You know, it's like this. You know, all of a sudden, it's like everything is just sort of still in that moment, and and this question is 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 coming to him. And uh, you know, it reminds me of Elaine for some reason on Seinfeld. There was an episode where she was like, "Is it possible that I'm not as attractive as I think I am?" I mean, just like this this sudden like, hmm. <laughs> and you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, the answer, you know to that question, you know, that he asked himself, who are you to say there is no God? Who am I to say? And and I realized my struggle all along had been, you know, I couldn't believe in in a particular conception of God. And so that's what that was my struggle. That was just my struggle. And and then this whole chapter here, it's given me the freedom to just choose my own conception, to be willing to believe in something to believe in a power greater than myself, whatever I need that to be, so I could come to believe in that. And I did. I was like, okay, <laughs> why not? You know, and I love the, uh, you know, Mike's reference to, you know, to the universe and the galaxies. And I remember looking at an, you know, watching an interview on, uh, you know, some science channel. And I mean, I love, I love science, you know, and I, I totally just, love everything about you know the origins and you know and hawking stephen hawking you know was was explaining oops sorry there's my little timer um the um you know like they do a deep dive you know in into the origins of, of the universe and going back toward the big bang and 
But he was saying there was a point in time where, you know, beyond this, we really don't know. You know, we're we're getting close to, you know, to God, you know, that a mystery that none of us really can explain. And I, I really appreciated that, that someone that much, you know, smarter than me, um, you know, this genius who who loved science and went to the very, very edge of all things we can know and understand. And they got to a point where it's like, you know what, I, I, there's really no answer for that you know, beyond this point, and it, why not, God, you know, why not, I can call it anything I need to, it can be anything I need it to be, I came to believe that you believe, like somebody mentioned before, and I love that, I, I became to believe in your conception, in your transformation, I knew where you came Time, from, Time, please. and I could see where you were at now, and I love that, with that I pass. Thank you so much, Rick. Jay from North Carolina. Up next, we have Julie, followed by Claire E. Julie, what's the first initial of your last name and where you're calling from this morning? Good morning, Jen. It's Julie Kay from Connecticut. Thank you for your service. Um, So I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about um, how when I came back from a relapse in 2019, I knew I had to do things differently. And the main piece, one of the main pieces, that I was really missing from my three-legged stool was this um, spirituality and this conception of God. And I remember thinking, like, there are so many horrible things that happen in this world. Like, how can how can I believe in something that lets all these bad things happen? And I was walking in my neighborhood and listening to um, some tapes or whatever on my phone, recordings, and I heard a very wise gentleman who um, is part of our vision family say, if God were small enough to understand, God would not be big enough to solve our problems. And so that was like this first seed of, of a notion of God that was planted in my heart, this idea that, well, no, I can't understand God because God is just too enormous for my little human brain to wrap itself around. Um, And then I heard someone else talk about, you know, if you look at all these negative things that happened in the world, you can trace it back to the will of man, to human will and self-will gone amok. Um, And I look at my own life and I can do that. You know, I was so willing to put all of my faith and, um, idolization into the scale, into the refrigerator, into a diet program. You know, I put all of my eggs in those baskets. None of that worked. I can see the evidence of God working and a higher power working in the lives of my fellows. Why not put my eggs in that basket? Why not put my faith there? And once I made that decision, because it was an active decision, everything shifted. It was like you know, one of those big safes unlocking when all of the pieces and all of the codes get put into place, and the door just opened wide to this to this world and this life beyond my imagination. And every time I try to close that door to my higher power, it all falls apart. So, like, I can directly link it all to self-will, my ego, 
versus my faith in my higher power. Um, and so I guess that's all I really wanted to say. So thank you all and have a wonderful day. Awesome. Thanks so much, Julie Kay from Connecticut. Up next, we have Miss Claire E. from the UK. Go right ahead, Claire. Thank you so much, Jen. <clears throat> it's good to be here this morning. My name's Claire E. I'm a recovered compulsive eater from Cornwall in the UK. I'm loving the UK presence today, um, but currently in Florida. Um, yeah, this paragraph, do you know what? As I read it, um, I remember when I first used to read the big book, feeling really irritated at this story. Um, I really disliked it. And I've just been flicking back through the book, you know, to see Bill W's experience, which was also sort of one of these very sudden, profound experience. God comes to most men gradually, but it's his impact on me was sudden and profound. And, you know, I kicked around the fellowships for a very long time. Um, and I think I was trying to get an experience like this. I think I was trying to get it by osmosis. I thought that one day somebody would share something in a meeting and it would be my sort of my thunderbolt moment like like them like a thunderbolt you know I'm a good old addict I wanted the crack cocaine spiritual experience you know I wanted this thunderbolt and suddenly I'd never have a problem again that's how I sort of saw it I think and um and I also spent a lot of time trying to figure out what my higher power was going to be you know what was my conception of God and my experience um is that that hasn't happened for me. That hasn't happened for me. What has happened, and I would really encourage anybody who's new and might feel the same way as I did, you know, to read the stories, to read the uh, the appendix at the back, the spiritual, you know, awake, you know, awakening versus experience, because my my experience has been an awakening, and it's been gradual, and it's been piecemeal, and it's been two steps forward and one step back, and it's been hugely dependent on the work that I've put in, um, both with doing the step work and also in trying to establish and build a relationship with my higher power by spending time, by spending time searching about what resonates for me rather than what resonates for other people um, and and spending time in prayer and meditation and, um, and really trying to incorporate my higher power into every aspect of my life. And, you know, today I can honestly say that, you know, that my higher power and my relationship with my higher power is by far and away the biggest miracle in my life. Absolutely. Was it sudden and profound? Nope. Nope, it hasn't been that way at all. It's sometimes quite wobbly. Usually it's clouded by, you know, that, that bit is clouded by fear or resentment getting in the way. Um, but it is there and it's steady and it's something I rely on increasingly and my relationship evolves and gets stronger and bigger. And I still have no idea what my concept of a higher power is. I just know it's in my life. Um, and, you know, that's, that, that's, that's just my experience with it. And, you know, if you're new or struggling, you don't need to get this all at once. I don't think, you know, that's not something that's happened for me. Um, I've just needed to put one foot in front of the other. And, um, and you know, look at the people who've gone before me and they're absolutely unquestioning and unwavering belief in their higher power, which has really kept me going on it. And there's really sort of, you know, people who have what I want have a great relationship with a higher power. And that's kept me going at it. And I'll leave it there. Thank you. All right. Thanks, my friend. Okay. Up next, we have Dana, followed by PP. Dana, what's the first initial of your last name? Where are you calling from today? Hi, this is Jana M., recovering in Phoenix, Arizona. Thank is you it so Dana, much. like D-A-N-A, or is it with a J? I'm sorry. It's with a J, yeah. It's like okay, Dana with a J. Tell it for me. Okay. J-A-E-N-A. J-A-E-N-A. Mm-hmm. A E 
J-A-E-N-A. That way people can find you on the member list. Okay, last initial yes. M. Go go right ahead. Okay. Thank you so much for your service. I am so very grateful to be here this morning. Um, I am back from a, a one-year relapse, and it it's, it's just so, so good to be back here. I was at the OA birthday party, and I heard a speaker on the panel. She was talking about your own conception of God and that she was really, really struggling with with the God thing. And she said that she had a friend of hers from program take her to the beach one day and was, you know, standing there, and her friend said, hey, would you reach out there and stop away for me? And her friend was like, you know, what, what are you talking about? I can't stop away. And she goes, exactly. That's a power greater than yourself. And that that was what it took to help her start thinking along those lines. Um, you know, I, I gravity is a power greater than myself. I can't jump up and hang in the air no matter how much I try. I have to, I have to kind of bend to that law. And so, and I've also heard God, you know, referred to by certain acronyms like gift of desperation. I hear that a lot in program. Growing up in the deep south, it was get out, devil. <laughs> and then, um, but I've also heard God, the acronym, as good orderly direction. And I've really hung on to that. Is it good orderly direction for me to lay in my bed, eat half a pizza, a bag of chips, and two pints of ice cream before I pass out and wake up hungover in the morning? No, it's not good orderly direction. I can agree that reality says that's not true. Is it good orderly direction for me to not call anyone, to lay in bed and draw the shade, to binge on food and uh, fantasy TV, just check out, check out? No, it's not good orderly direction. Is it good orderly direction for me to be of service? Is it good orderly direction for me to eat healthy? Yes. Yes, like reality says yes. You know, I can't argue with that. And I'll end, you know, by saying like one of my favorite quotes um, is is from an author called Byron Katie. And, and, and the quote is, when I argue with reality, I lose, but only 100% of the time. So for me, like my higher power really today is reality. And so if the whole man on a throne with a white beard is the thing holding you back from jumping into this program um, and, and, and using this solution that's been proven over time to work, um, don't. You, you, don't have to, you don't have to believe in the God of your childhood or anything. You know, it is about your own conception. It's about work, what works for you and what enables you to find um, that, to experience that serenity and uh, live a, a life of sane and happy usefulness. Thank you so much for letting me share today, and with that, I'll pass. Mm, perfect timing. That's J-A-E-N-A-M. You'll find her on the member list. So glad you're here with us. Uh, let's see. Up next, I have Pete B. followed by Heidi B. Hey, Pete, go right ahead. Good morning, Jen. My name is Kelly and everybody. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy. And uh, you know, this this is a this is a, a really good paragraph. And every time you read it, I, I I love hearing the perspective and the stories. And you know, like the, the the truth, you know, that that the truth as I see it from my perspective and my experiences, 
um, you know, you can, you can present me with the data points, the charts, the graphs, the who's, the how's, the why's, and all of these things relative to, you know, this idea of a higher power or God. And you could water it down and make it palatable and, 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 and think to ourselves that, you know, we're, 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 we're benefiting the sufferer, right? And the fact of the matter, you know, the fact of the condition as defined in our literature is that, you know, well, let me just back up a second. In the step book, it talks about who drives the sufferer to God, right? It's, it's, they call it John Barleycorn, right? Like, it, it, you know, regardless of how convincing we can be and how passionate we can be in all of the data facts and figures that we have together, the fact is that food the suffering from food is what drives us to the power, right? And, you know, we're not doing it. We're not doing the sufferer a service in watering that down, right? We have a disease that no mental defense is going to work for, that no human power can assist with. For the, for the real compulsive overeater. And our book describes what a real compulsive overeater is, right? So we can, you know, have windy, you know, eloquent stories about how and who and what, but really the fact of the matter is, is that the food is going to drive you into submission. At least that was my experience. See, I'm a compulsive overeater of the hopeless variety. I'm not going to outwork or outthink or outmaneuver this disease. Right? I have one hope, right? that is to put my trust and faith in a higher power. That may, that may be unpalatable, that may, you know, but the fact of the matter is, the fact of the matter is, for the real compulsive overeater, Overeaters Anonymous, Alcoholics Anonymous, these groups, these organizations, they never remove the merciless obsession from any one person that has this disease as defined in the book. Right? It says there is one that has all power. That one is God. May you find him now. You know, and I'm so grateful that I, I just gave up. Food drove me to a point of surrender, unconditional surrender. And it is there where I found the strength and courage and desire to pursue this thing like my whatever was on fire. And with that, I'll pass. <laughs> Thanks, Pete. All right, that was Pete B. Up next is Heidi B. Heidi, good morning to you. Good morning, Jen. Um, this is Heidi B. from New York, recovered for today. Um, so grateful for everyone's shares. It's just been such a great meeting. Um, and, you know, my my story is that I come from a lot of trauma the way that, that many addicts do. And when I came into this program, I was violently anti-religious. But the book tells us that, um, you know, God is deep down within us. And I, I love what was said earlier, you know, why not God? And, um, you know, what was just said, right? Like it was, it was the desperation, the food bringing me to my knees that, opened me up to that idea. Um, and, you know, I think about, um, there's a, 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 I don't know if it's a service or software or a software as service, <laughs> but it's called constant contact. And it just, it always makes me think of like what I was thinking of when I came, you know, when I first started to um, 
get my conception of a higher power, I was thinking of this constant contact and I need to be in contact with God. And what my belief is today is that um, my very existence relies on con uh, constant contact. Um, you know, the fact that I'm alive is proof that I am always in contact with a higher power um, because I, I believe that I am um, part of that higher power. And what this book tells us is that what we're looking for is conscious contact. And, you know, that's, that's where I am today and every day, um, you know, trying to seek that consciousness and connecting with um, a power that's greater than me. Um, so just grateful to be here. And with that, I will pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Heidi B. from New York. All right. Well, look, guess what? We got some time on the clock for one more share. Who would like to share with us this morning on what was read? Reva so M. The red A. Oh, you guys both. Oh, ahead, <laughs> Reva, okay. I think I heard you first. Go right ahead. <laughs> Hi, Reva this P. is Reva P. Can you hear me? Yep, go right ahead. Hi, it's Reva P. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I love this paragraph and I'm passionate to share because this is so me. Well, if there is a God, he hasn't done anything for me. That's me and when I get into self-pity and comparisons. Um, and if God really loved me, he'd give me my Santa Claus list. Um, and then I go into this black hole and I love the question, is it possible? Is it possible to transition from step one in things other than the food? Um, where I feel like it's hopeless and there is no way out and other people get all the good stuff and I don't. Um, is it possible that God's going to drop me now? Is it possible that God can and will do this for me? Um, and do I need this power? Do I need this power because I have, as has been shared, reached that point of surrender, desperation, spiritual bottom with things other than the food? Um, and who am I to say that I know better than God and what's going to happen and what's right and what's wrong. And I love this transition from step one to step two. And all you people who share, is it possible that all these people on the line who have recovered are wrong? You know, is it possible that it's going to work for me too? And when I say yes, then I transition and I go on with the rest of the steps and I do the work and we share over time over all these things that have been possible um, that I never in my wildest dreams thought were. Um, and I just find this so hopeful because it doesn't matter what my background is, what my religion is, whatever. I get to a point of surrender, desperation. I look all around me. It works for you guys. I do what you do. I get what you get. And with that, I pass. And there we go. Do what you do, get what you get. And here we go. That's the end of our meeting today. Wow, what a great meeting and a great paragraph that we read. Thank you to everyone who shared. Thank you to all who showed up and just listened this morning. You're a big part of this meeting too. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. Okay, grab your pens, grab your paper. Here's the share ID for today. If you want to go back and listen or share it with a friend, Thursday, January 19, 2023, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Recording is 19,869. That's 19869. 
We will now close the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Reva P, unmute again and read a vision for you for us, please. Hey, it's Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.